Reconnect with CUNY. Whether you are a first-time college student, a parent, a veteran, or an adult with some college credits, there's a place for you to continue your dreams or start fresh. No matter where you are along your journey, the CUNY Reconnect program can provide financial assistance and one-on-one personalized support to get you going. It's not too late to start again. Go to cuny.edu slash reconnect today. Do you know a healthcare hero? Someone who fights for better care for their families, their friends, or their community? The New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice wants to honor them and you with a pair of tickets to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Summer Jam at UBS Arena on June 2nd. Visit hot97.com slash NYH Justice to enter to win. Must be 18 or older to enter. Made hot by the New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice. Wake up, wake up. Ebro in the morning with more styles and Rosenberg. <laughs> wake, wake up, wake up. Hot 97. Ramel. Yo, yo. Yo, you ready to play Ride or Die, man? Let's do it, man. All right, look. Ramel wants to call his wife Princess. Um, Ramel, so tell us the story, how you want to test her relationship with you, see if she'll drop what she's doing in Rob. All right, I had, I had a cue before. Like a push star key. And I broke it by mistake. And she, you know, that's what I cost like three hundred dollars. So she came already since she was a stream. She had to leave work anything. So now I'm gonna say I broke the key again. Mm. All right. And, and it just happened like two days ago. So, so she, she she should be pissed off about this. She got it. Man. Yeah, she should. Be. All right, you have thirty seconds to convince her. You ready for this? Let's go. Hang on. You better turn up. Hello. Yes. I messed up, man. How you messed up? What do you do now? Remember the key? I broke the key again. It broke again. I need you to come get me. You got to come get me or, or do something. Or at least work or something. Because right now the key is messed up. It's in two two different places. Like it's separated. Mm-hmm. It's completely broke. Ramon, you got to be f***ing kidding me. Like, really? Yeah, but I need you to come get me, though. All right. Let me just call my supervisor. Yeah! I control it. Oh, yeah! Yeah, I have never heard someone be so mean while ride or dying at the same time. Princess. <laughs> Princess, he wanted to see if you were his ride or die. Yeah, I'm about to be a ride or die. I'm about to be his ass. Hey, hey Ramel, would you be offended if, in a sense, I you called your uh, wife the B word? Oh, yeah. What? You better be a <laughs> Want to test your ride or die? Email us now at bride at gmail.com. That's B E ride or die at gmail.com. It's Ebro in the morning with Laura Styles and Rosenberg. Ebro in the morning, Laura Styles, Rosenberg. The brother Stephen A. Smith has joined the program again. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good morning. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? Good morning. We good, man. Look, uh, I want to get right to it. You got a new book. Yeah, man, I finally did it, bro. It's been a while. Everybody's been asking me to do it, especially, uh, you know, a lot of people in my inner circle and whatever. It took me a long time. People have been after me to write a book since I got let go by ESPN in 2009. Um, and then and then after, you know, when they came to me, Simon and Schuster and them were talking to me about doing my memoir. Um, I would have done it years earlier, but my mom, y'all know she passed away in 2017. My mom had always asked me, wait until I pass away. Wait until I wow. die. Do not write. Do not write that book when I'm alive. Because wow. she knew that I was going to say some things 
about my upbringing, you know, of course, giving all deference and praise to her. My father, not so much. And so because of that, my mother really, really didn't want me to write this book mm. until she passed away. And she said, once I pass away, you can say what you want to say. Wow. She said, because I know I know how you are and I know you're going to tell the truth and I know you're going to be raw with it. So she said, go ahead and do it. But after I passed away, so I waited. And then even though she passed wow. away in 2017, I was still reluctant. And then, you know, my sisters and everybody gave me their blessing to go ahead and do it. And I did it. How does the book so, break down in terms of like the uh, timeline of your life? Is most of it spent on childhood in the beginning or do you spend a lot of time on the recent years? Well, I go from, you know, childhood to, you know, my upbringing and the battles that I had educationally to uh, a lot of it is about my career. And especially, obviously, at ESPN, you know, not just being let go, not just being brought back, but all of the controversies in between before and during. And so, you know, I go line by line and I go just, you know, just bringing it all. And some of the things that people have speculated about, I get into detail about it. And so I just I just um, I didn't hold back. I said what needed to be said about the things that I knew people wanted to learn about me and the things that I wanted to say. And, you know, it's a memoir. So you, you, you're going to do it. You got to do that. So it was it's, it's a once in a lifetime thing because you all know how private I am. And I right. assure you, I won't do it again. You know, so I just did it this one time and, 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 that was and, just, and let it go. And that was just what I wanted to ask you about uh, this this part of the convo is is how cathartic was this? How painful was this? Do, are you even though you're saying this is a one time shot? How do you feel now that you've done it? I'm glad it's over. Um, it, it'll be hard pressed for me to ever write a book again uh, because it's very, very tedious. And I wrote it myself. You know, and mm. so because to sit down and to write 90,000 words on your own uh, to turn around and then have to trim that by about 10,000 because they didn't know I was going to write that much uh, to have to dot every I and cross every T uh, to have to go to ESPN and to let them know, look, I'm saying this, I'm saying this, I'm saying that and, and, and had those conversations uh, for your sisters, my four older sisters who I love dearly, Linda, Arlen, Abigail and Carmen. Uh, all four of them didn't wow. speak to me for two weeks. Mm. And it wasn't because they were mad. They, they weren't mad. It was just that there were so many memories that are attached to them as well. I wasn't the only one experiencing some of the things that I did growing up. They were right there with me. And they had buried those memories. And so, you know, you bury it for decades and decades and you move on with your life. And then all of a sudden you're sitting down, you're reading this and you're like, man, did you have to say that? Did you have to go there? Did you really have to reveal all of that? Right? And I was like, y'all told me to go ahead and do it. And they're like, we know. I said, did I lie? They're like, no. I said, isn't it my life? They're like, yes. And I said, then what you want me to do? And they were like, we know. It's just that it was hard to just relive it, to, to you know, to, 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 because I was vivid in certain, with certain descriptions of what transpired. And they went through it too. And so remember and recalling all of that was kind of painful to just endure and to go through. So in that sense, you know, it was it was a it was a bit shaky. It was a bit um, it was a bit difficult to deal with, but it was necessary if you're going to do the book. And I don't regret doing it. The hardest part for me was going through the edits because I had to read my book like 10 or 11 times. And that's 10 or and that's 10 or 11 times I'm reliving some of that 
that's 10 or 11 times I'm reliving my mother passing away and what I went through in that moment just five years ago. And so it's very, very, it was very, very hard in that regard. But again, it was necessary. Do did you, your sisters you, uh, read it? Did your did your sisters me? read it once it was once um you were done or did you kind of like let them read a couple chapters when it involved them? No, 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 no. I let them read a couple of chapters. There's still a whole bunch of stuff involving my career and stuff that doesn't really have much to do with them. So they'll read that when they get the book. But what I did was I wrote chapters as it pertained to my family, my upbringing, etc. And I made sure that they all saw that beforehand, you know, even before the final edits and everything came in, I made sure they had the absolute raw version of it all because I didn't want to put in anything that they remotely challenged. I wanted to make sure that everything was factually on point because we're talking about decades ago and there might be a detail or two I might have missed or whatever. And I didn't. And, you know, they 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 read it and they didn't like some of the stuff that was in there because they felt like, you know, that's just between us. Why reveal that? But I said, you're going to write a memoir. It's a memoir. There's a lot that I, there's, I said, there's a whole bunch of y'all stuff about y'all. I never said and never will say because y'all my sisters. I love y'all and I don't believe in telling people business like that. I call you on the carpet for what you do publicly. If you know me, I don't give a damn who you are privately. That's your business. I don't violate that trust. But when I'm talking about myself, I'll say what the hell I want to say. And, and and Stephen A, you know, um, are you a therapy guy? Or do you uh, you go to therapy? Is or was this um, therapy I, for I, you? I or both. I went to therapy. I went to therapy when my mother died. Um, I've never ever felt that level of misery, and I don't usually do it now because I'm just so busy. But I plan on going back. Good for you. Um, because it was really good for me to experience, believe it or not, which is shocking for me to say because I've never been a believer in it. But when my mother died, I was in a very, very dark place. Um, I wasn't suicidal or anything like that, but I was I didn't care about life and death. I didn't care about anything because, you know, it's, it's amazing. And I, and I say this to dudes, especially, especially guys that are married. Um, you're very, very lucky. If you're a happily married man and you have that significant other, and here's why. Because you grow up and your mama is that one woman that loves you unconditionally. And then when you get married, you say that you found that significant other that your mom has passed that mantle to, you know. And so even when she's gone, nobody replaces mama, but you've got that person in your life. What happens when you're single is that you wake up and you've ne and I swear to y'all, I never, ever, ever thought about this in my life until the day after my mother died. And I was watching first take and they did this beautiful tribute to my mother that just made the whole family just break down and start crying all over again the morning after she had passed away just a few hours. And at that moment, I just laid in my house and I stood there and it was the first time in my life on this earth that I said, the one woman who loved me most and loved me unconditionally is gone. Mm. And it was the loneliest feeling I've ever had in my life. I've lost my brother, I've lost my friends, uh, I've lost some friends to the streets and all of that stuff. Cause you know, I grew up in Hollis, Queens, half my, half, my bro half, half my brothers were in the game, the drug game and stuff like that, they gone now. 
Uh, my brother died in a car accident in 1992. Um, so I've had a lot of loss in my life, but nothing compares to the loss of my mother. And when that happened, I was just in a dark, dark place. And therapy helped get me out of that. It helped. That and my daughters was, was you know, that helped me smile. That's beautiful, bro. Mm. Yeah, because that, that feeling, you know, I've uh, I've lost both my parents. And, uh, yeah. you know, some days you just wake up and you're like, I don't have yeah. parents. It's, yeah. This is it. This is real. You know, and yeah, uh, when you have a child and when you do have great family or significant other, it does, as you're, as you're articulating very well, it does bring some um, yeah. feeling comfort. of comfort. Yeah. Yeah. To know that there are people yeah, who love you, got, you unconditionally. You got somebody. Yeah. You got, you got somebody. And so all of a sudden you regret not getting married and all of this other stuff because now you looking and mm. you didn't, you don't necessarily have, and you, you know, you miss that even more because it was something you never concerned yourself with because yeah, you're going to date, you're going to, you know, be involved with somebody who knows what that will materialize into, but you got your sisters, you got your mom, you got people like that, that love you, that you can communicate with and you can lean on in tough times and, you know, when, when mom was gone, nothing could replace that. I mean, That's just right. nothing. You just realize like, damn, it's, you know, I, I, it's the, what the person that loved me most and the only person I felt loved me unconditionally is gone. So and it was devastating, man. So Steven, the, the, is, uh, before you even brought up the passing, I asked you, I mean, we, we joke with you a lot on the K show. You're a man about town. Yep. You, you enjoy yeah. some cities. You enjoy Miami, Florida. You mm -hmm. enjoy Toronto, Ontario. Absolutely. Uh, Los Angeles, absolutely. California, I know. But does, do you ever do you ever think yeah. about writing down that ironclad prenup and getting serious with someone? I have nothing to think about. My prenup has already been written years ago. It's just, <laughs> it's just <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, they, they, there will be no marriage with me without a prenup. I assure you of that. Um, you know, any woman that's in my life is somebody that I take, I take thorough care of. There's no doubt about it. And as long as, as you don't, as you don't betray me, and so many times people think about betrayal, like, you know, you mess with another dude. Said, no, 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 no. There's a multitude of ways somebody can betray you. Betrayal to me is misrepresenting who you are, pretending to be something that you're not. That is what I don't tolerate. I don't give a damn who you are. Or That's what right. you are, as long as you're real with it, we good. Because that means anything that I do from that point forward is my choice. As opposed to you were robbing me of that choice because you misrepresented who you are. That is what I don't tolerate. But as long as you're that kind of woman in my life and I got means, I'm gonna always have your back in any capacity. As long as you're a good woman and you know, you know, you 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 took care of business while you was with me, we good. So I, I don't I don't look at it that from that standpoint, but in the same breath, you know what? You didn't scratch and claw and pound the pavement for me to get to where I am. So you ain't entitled to my pension. You ain't entitled to my 401k, my savings. I ain't giving you that. I'm not giving you that. I will treat you very, very well. And if you become my wife, well, then that's a different conversation. But until that moment come, enjoy me while you with me. Don't think that you entitled to my stuff that I don't want to give you if you gone. Mm. I'm very plain with you. Yes, sir, man, you, you preaching the gospel right now, sir. The gospel. You're damn right. 
Reconnect with CUNY. Whether you are a first-time college student, a parent, a veteran, or an adult with some college credits, there's a place for you to continue your dreams or start fresh. No matter where you are along your journey, the CUNY Reconnect program can provide financial assistance and one-on-one personalized support to get you going. It's not too late to start again. Go to cuny.edu slash reconnect today. Do you know a healthcare hero? Someone who fights for better care for their families, their friends, or their community? The New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice wants to honor them and you with a pair of tickets to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Summer Jam at UBS Arena on June 2nd. Visit Hot97.com slash NYH Justice to enter to win. Must be 18 or older to enter. Made hot by the New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice. Yes, absolutely. And not enough, you know, in this day and age, you got men that's scared to express that. And I understand why, but I ain't one of those dudes. You know, you don't put your hands on a woman. You don't disrespect her. You don't do all of those kind of things. You treat her to the best of ability. You treat her like a queen. But damn it, if she ain't getting it done, she ain't getting it done. And by the way, fellas, if you ain't getting it done, you ain't getting it done. I'm a very I'm, I'm I was raised by five women. I'm very, very big on getting the job done. And when my mother used to complain about me, you can't be gallivanting. She's West Indian, had that West Indian accent. You can't gallivant around with every Mary Jane and Sue. That's what she used to say, just like that, you know. And I used to and I used to come to my mom and I used to go like this. Mommy. Are they leaving? I'm doing something right. So guess what? The problem ain't me. Now, that don't mean I'm perfect and it don't mean I do everything right, but it means by and large, I get it done. So what you doing? I'm going to do my job. What's your job? Whatever that job description is that we discuss amongst ourselves. Okay, fulfill your role. We good. You don't fulfill your role. I move on. It's very, very simple. And as you pointed out, there's a lot of places to move. (laughs) There's a lot of seas to swim in. Yep, true, true. Uh, I ain't living like that. I'm not living like that, but I used to. Long, 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 long time ago. Um, Stephen A. Smith, uh, before we wrap, because uh, I know you got a busy day ahead of you, and uh, we appreciate you taking time. This book, when is it out? Uh, when can people expect it, pre-order? What, what's going on with the business side of it? Man, the business side is beautiful, and I appreciate y'all, man, especially you, Ebro, because you and I have known each other for years, and we used to talk about some of the things you know, that, that, that we wanted to do, and both of us are doing exactly the kind of stuff that we talked about doing. So I, I, I really love revisiting those conversations with you. My book is entitled Straight Shooter. It comes out January 17th. Um, I got an audio book that comes out then as well. You can go to straightshooterbook.com to get all of that. Um, so uh, it, it, it hits the shelves then. It's already doing thousands upon thousands in pre-sales. Uh, so I'm very, very proud of that. Uh, you know, for me, I'm just trying to do it right to the point where I become, uh, you know, a number one New York Times bestseller. That's the goal. You know, hopefully I'll pull it off or come pretty damn close to it. And um, I'm doing that. I'm doing my podcast, No Mercy with Stephen A. That's going well. So and that goes to video come January 9th because I, I couldn't do video at the earlier part of the, you know, with, negotiate with ESPN and stuff because I own and operate it. So I have to do it that way. And um you know, so that 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 goes to video January 9th. So January is going to be a big month for me. No question about it. There's a lot going on. And of course, I'm still doing first take. You know, you got to stay number one. You know, you can't get you can't rest on your laurels. So all of that stuff is going on. Oh, oh, speaking of let's let's get into sports. Um, 
before sure. we wrap. Uh, your, 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 the last controversial moment for you was the Jerry Jones yep. moment. Yep. Um, yeah. and, and, and in retrospect, looking back at that, I saw a lot of the commentary. I saw your commentary. I saw uh, what Jason Williams had to say when, uh, he, you know, his, what he had to say about Jerry yeah. Jones. I thought it was, I thought it was an all-great conversation. Um, yep. I think one of the problems I have is we have yet to hear from Jerry Jones. And, and, okay. and which for me is indicative of obviously privilege, a billionaire, somebody doesn't feel like he's beholden to say anything or be held accountable or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was a long time ago. Um, mm -hmm. However, uh, it, it was in his teenage years where, you know, people knew right from wrong, even if that was socially accepted and where he was at the time. I would expect right. that I would hear from him something a little bit more substantial and less brush offs. What 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 is no. your take on on what you heard, have heard or haven't heard from Jerry Jones since that photo came out? No disagreement with what you said. Um, I think that's very much on point. Um, I've reached out to Jerry Jones. Um, I've asked for a one on one sit down interview with him. Um, he's respectfully declined, but I let him and his and his family know, yo, you need to speak on this. Um, that's what I feel. That's what you feel understand that it's not just that he's a billionaire is that he's an 80 year old billionaire so really outside of not watching the cowboys what can you do to him at this point that's what we got to ask ourselves sometimes you know it's not like you daniel snyder and you're relatively young and got yourself in legal issues and need all the help that you can get because of the stuff that you were involved in you're jerry jones it's a photo from 66 years ago you were just standing there and your attitude is I shouldn't have to answer those questions. So that's how he feels about it. I have no choice but to deal with it. My position is, while I totally agree with what you just said, I also stand by what my initial reaction to it was. Because what people were missing is that I'm not talking about Jerry Jones. I'm talking about us as black people. We got to be careful about what Pandora boxes we want to open. If you are in a still photo from 66 years ago and somebody can use that to bring you down what the hell can't they do to us that's how i think and so for me from the standpoint of okay let's save our muscle and our fervor and our ire for stuff that really really counts what in other words what kind of impact we could really really make what are you going to do to jerry jones other than not watch the cowboys he didn't break any laws he wasn't spitting in anybody's face, seen doing that. He didn't hit anybody. What are you going to do? Not gonna, we're not going to do anything to Jerry Jones. But that's also right. indicative of black folks' plight, right? And many, and yeah. even, when we're, and we, even when we're going and talking about Kyrie and Kanye and this you know, yeah. greater issue of something, a group of people being able to do something to them because of something mm -hmm. that they said and having that social right. power. What you're saying is indicative of part of our greater issue is that we should yeah. either A, accept terms that we don't like because we have to mm -hmm. somehow be careful or not start, uh, 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 as you put it, open Pandora's boxes we're not ready for. And I think that's what right. makes people upset. What makes people, black folks specifically upset is that A, we're supposed to acquiesce 
bend the knee or accept some terms that we don't like because we can't actually do something to the individual. We have to accept it. And what I want to make sure with with a situation like Jerry Jones, and I think what people want to make sure is that if it was 100 years ago, if it was 150 years ago, 200 years Mm -hmm. ago, we're not going to just brush it off as if, oh, that happened a long time ago. And so there's mm-hmm. nothing to be, there's nothing to see here. Well, move that, along. That's not, that's not okay. Well, look, but that's not what I'm saying. And I get where you're coming from me, bro, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you're going to be angry about something, what are you angry about specifically? Because him standing in a crowd on a still photo tells us what it's subject to interpretation. Well, that's, and that's, if that's he was fair. Spit, let, That's fair, but what people want to hear is him say, yes, I was there, and now I look at that situation, and it was wrong. If that's how he feels. That, that, that's fine. That's fine, and I agree with that, which is why I asked for the interview. Right. What I'm saying is my reaction was off of the photo. The Washington Post wrote an article. The photo was the photo, and everybody was in an uproar for him standing there. And what I'm saying is, okay, Ebro is saying what he's saying is absolutely right on point. We need to hear you speak on this, Jerry. We need to hear you say this was wrong, that those times was wrong, that the iniquities that were suffered by those those students and by black people overall, particularly at that moment in time, was egregious and is something that our that our that our nation's history should be ashamed of and should and should and should exhaust all means and measures to make sure it's never repeated. But that's entirely different from Okay, he's sitting there in the photo, standing there in the photo. And because he's standing there in the photo, he must have felt this. He must have thought that. He must and have you're been a valid. participant. But the fact that, that he hasn't said anything and there ha- and it hasn't been unequivocal to what you just quoted tells me that an old white billionaire doesn't feel mm-hmm. obligated to address pain. And I agree. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I agree. But what I'm saying is you're right because of Jerry's reaction to the photo. I was addressing the photo because I was in real time at that time when I gave my response. But I agree with you in terms of his silence at this particular moment in time does indict him because he does need to speak up and speak out about it. He does. Absolutely. Exactly what you're saying is true. And 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 I get and I and and what I think people were people what people were directing towards you cuz I wasn't even mm-hmm. really asking you so much about what you said. I was really just asking right. about where we are today. But specifically about yeah, what yeah. people I think were directing at you is they thought you were giving him a pass, which I didn't interpret what you were doing in that way shape or form at all. But right, what right. I feel today is often black folks and America in general look at our anger and our trauma and the things that trigger us and expect us to just be like, yeah, but that's an old white dude. Of course, you know what I'm saying? It was on that type of time back then. And so we bring it to present day like we're just supposed to move on and focus on the now. But that's not what other groups do. Whether it was was 40 years ago, 60, 70 years ago, they holding you accountable for whatever it is that you did. And people feel obligated to do so because there's social power that other groups have that black people may not exercise effectively. And there's other things that just Mm -hmm. don't come to terms. People don't come to terms with the shit they did in the past to black folks.
Reconnect with CUNY. Whether you are a first-time college student, a parent, a veteran, or an adult with some college credits, there's a place for you to continue your dreams or start fresh. No matter where you are along your journey, the CUNY Reconnect program can provide financial assistance and one-on-one personalized support to get you going. It's not too late to start again. Go to cuny.edu slash reconnect today. Do you know a healthcare hero? Someone who fights for better care for their families, their friends, or their community? The New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice wants to honor them and you with a pair of tickets to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Summer Jam at UBS Arena on June 2nd. Visit Hot97.com slash NYH Justice to enter to win. Must be 18 or older to enter. Made hot by the New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice. That's true. And I don't disagree with that either, but I'm going to tell you what my mentality is. A lot of times we spend a lot of energy focused on that. And the fact of the matter is other people are moving on, but we stuck in a rut because we're sitting there looking at them. Now, me personally, as a man that worked, that has worked in corporate America now for 35 years, a lot of stuff I expect, it doesn't surprise me. So when I see it, I'm like, okay, I see it for what it is. But based off of Jerry Jones' reaction or lack thereof to it is where I would reach the conclusions that Ebro has reached as well. What I'm not going to do is look at a dude standing in a photo from 66 years ago and say, that's what he's guilty of. I'm not going to do that because I don't want somebody doing that to me. I don't want somebody. Apparently, apparently your react. Apparently, based on his inaction and lack of commentary, people that responded that way aren't wrong. <laughs> well, they're not. They're not wrong. They're not wrong about him with what they're saying about him based off of his lack of a response. But to look at somebody and say, to look at somebody and say, excuse me, I'm just saying, if you are in a crowd and somebody starts spewing anti-Semitic rhetoric. Are you an anti-Semite? The answer would be no. Or I don't know. You can't tell because Ebro is standing there listening. You can't do that. When you do something like that, it becomes very dangerous. Uh, the active Jewish population that has a problem with it, they're going to make sure you, you say something and, and, say, and speak your stance on it. And that, and that takes us to the Kyrie moment. Because yeah, it, wasn't I, so much, it wasn't so much that Kyrie tweeted a link. CEO. Hold on. I interviewed the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League, and he complained about a bunch of an abundance of people who all happen to be white that they try to hold accountable. He so he talked about that, and he said, "Listen, we do we're consistent with how we come after anybody that we feel are in violation of our beliefs." He was unapologetic about that, and he stated that as a as a point of fact. When they sat up there and point these conditions out that Kyrie had to meet in order to come back. I spoke out against that and, and 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 Kyrie and I don't vibe with one another, but I was like, nah, you ain't doing that to this brother. That's wrong. The Anti-Defamation League said, Stephen A, we had nothing to do with that. We didn't do that. A lot of times we get attributed for forcing people's hand with stuff we had absolutely positively nothing to do with. It's other people that, that, that intervene and they want to make themselves look good and they put these pressure points out and attribute it to us. And we didn't do that. So, again, when you talk to people and you find out some of these things, then you find out how salacious some of this stuff is and the game that's being played. So what I try to tell us is be hip to the game and march forward and get yours because those folks are getting theirs. And I don't know about you, but let me tell you something. 
I'm sick and tired of making a whole bunch of noise and watching other people win. I want to win too. So guess what? If this is the game y'all playing, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. So I'm going to find a way to make sure that I say what needs to be said. But in the same breath, I'm going to tip people off to the game so we can end up winning too. Instead of lamenting how somebody else is winning at our expense. That's real. We got We do have to multitask. We got the list. The list is long for black folks. We got a multitask and there's a lot of there's a lot of battlefronts. Right. And and, and it is exhaustive at times. And I appreciate I appreciate your candor today. I appreciate that. No doubt. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the great Stephen A. Smith. Stephen Uh, A. When the book comes out, come back on, man. Let's talk about the book. Anytime. You know that. All y'all got to do is call me. You know that. There it is. Stephen A. Smith. Thank you for your time today. Appreciate you. Y'all take care. It's time to check why Jim got curved. If you got curved, which means you went on a date, you didn't hear from the person right after the date, after you thought it was all good. Jim. Hey, what's up, man? Um, You went to a movie with Leah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty good movie, man. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, She headed home right after the movie, yeah. but you thought things were great. Uh, we went to see a foreign film. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm I'm into art and stuff, so we went to really see a really nice black and white film, you know, it was, uh, the movie was called Le Chat, it's pretty much about cats, you know, just right up my All right, that's cool, Jim, hang on one second, we don't need the whole movie synopsis, this is more about why she didn't hit you back, but I'm starting to see There you go, early, early, (laughs) early. Uh, So, Jim, um, like we discussed, I'm going to call Leah, but she doesn't know that you're going to be on the phone, okay? Mm-hmm. So we want to hear from her why she didn't hit you back. You guys want to make any wagers on why she didn't hit him back? He's annoying. He's boring. Hang on, Jim. He talks got, too much. You guys just got to disrespect him while he's on the phone. He talks too much. Hello? Leah. Yeah. Hi. Uh, this is Ebro of Ebro in the Morning, Laura Styles and Rosenberg. We said we were going to call you today for Curved and, and talk to you. Oh, yeah. Hi. You went on a date with Jim. Why didn't you hit him again after the movie? Oh, because I had to go take care of my cat. I had to get home. Right, but you never you never spoke to him again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird, a little crazy. But um, something's up with him. I, what he was doing, he was acting really weird in the middle of the of the movie. Told you. Um. Yeah. So. What, what's what, you got to give me some specifics here, Leah? What is weird? Well, okay. Right in the middle of the movie, I mean, you know, everything was cool and everything. I thought he was liking, enjoying the movie. I was enjoying the movie. And then in the middle of the movie, he gets up, he goes to the bathroom. He comes back. He's rubbing his nose. He's snorting. And he's jittery. I could have swore. I swear you, he did a, he went to do a bump of coke. I know he did. Mm. It's interesting because yeah, it sounds really it was boring. Really weird. I tell you, I know he went to do a bunk bump of coke. And I'm going out on a limb here. That's not okay in your book. No, hell no. All right, co- cocaine usage is not okay for Leah. Well, Leah, we have uh, Jim on the phone. Uh, Jim, did you go do cocaine in the bathroom? No, not at all, man. Not at all. You probably should have because you're boring as. Facts. Jim, why were you so jittery? Hey, hey, man, I, I just like to have fun, man. I'm a far-out guy. I thought Leah was a far-out girl. I thought she liked to have fun, too. But did you do cocaine in the bathroom? You stand by no. No, man, I'm, I'm not that kind of person, man. No, not at all. 
I don't know why. I don't believe him. Everybody, give you, Jim, everybody's giving you the side eye in the room. Nobody believes you. Leah, man, you don't like to have fun. I like to have fun. Yeah, there you go. Man, he's doing cocaine. What? Anybody that goes with the oh, D like to party, man? You don't want to party, yeah. bro? Yeah. No, man. Why were you admitted, man? Why were you, you on the skis like, in the snowy slopes? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> All right, well, Jim, 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 Leah's not into the Coke thing, man. Leah seems like a fun girl to me, man. I, I just hope we can go out again. I doubt it. I am I fun. But I'm, no, I'm not. Leah, would you ever date Jim again? He really wants to see you. Heck him. no, never. She won't even say hell no. She just went to heck. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get down like that. That is not my thing. No. Think you got curved? Hit us up right now at gotcurved at gmail.com so we can get to the bottom of it for you. Reconnect with CUNY. Whether you are a first-time college student, a parent, a veteran, or an adult with some college credits, there's a place for you to continue your dreams or start fresh. No matter where you are along your journey, the CUNY Reconnect program can provide financial assistance and one-on-one personalized support to get you going. It's not too late to start again. Go to cuny.edu slash reconnect today. Do you know a healthcare hero? Someone who fights for better care for their families, their friends, or their community? The New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice wants to honor them and you with a pair of tickets to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Summer Jam at UBS Arena on June 2nd. Visit Hot97.com slash NYH Justice to enter to win. Must be 18 or older to enter. Made hot by the New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice.